0: Roll on the bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out, of a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad manners, bad taste, bad life, bad dude, bad rap, bad attention, bad, bad, bad vibes. We are live in the Farella Palatial, right across the river and through the woods from where granny likes to have her sour diesel with a shot or two of JMO in New York City. The Big Apple. <clears throat> People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should All my I'm up in the corner, let plastic party up, rats on the west side, bedbugs uptown, what a mess, this town's a tatter, my brains is splattered all over Manhattan. head, shake it up. Hey, what's
2: gigging? It's Pharrell with Carver High this evening. And
0: I'm getting ready uh, to watch uh, the second game, that Mavs Nuggets on TNT with your boy Luca, my name is luca i live on the second floor after i just watched the nets whack the sixers i knew that like the whole night that it was just going to be a long one for philly because they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn and uh, they were bricking they were missing everything they were absolutely terrible i mean they looked so bad and not only that They were standing around like toy soldiers. They literally had absolutely nothing going. And I mean, I I kid you not. No player uh, was doing anything. Nobody was moving. Nobody was cutting. Nobody was doing jack. And I just was like, they're they're finished. They're not even going to try tonight. They're not even going to play this game. So... I was just sitting there tripping watching this game. I knew that game was over. And they played the Nets without Kyrie. And without KD, here's the deal. Uh KD's got the whole, you know, uh, protocol blues. He can't he was in contact. It's a tracing thing. He was in contact with somebody that had the Honta the COVID. And therefore he can't play. So they shut him down. And then Kyrie's got the personal reason baggage tonight. Nobody knows what it is. There's reports uh, going around which are, uh, frankly, terrible reports. The reports were that um, he's okay, but nobody knows if it's medical or otherwise. He's okay, and there's no timetable on when he's gonna be back with the team. So that's like, you know, nothingness news. That's like, oh, he's okay, but no other details at all. But I'm sure they know the details. I know Sean Marks knows the details. And at this point, when they don't want to give you anything, then I don't care what his details are. I don't care what his problem is. I just know that the same old story, Carver High, here's your boy again, missing games. He just, I mean, this guy, we're not even 10 in, and he's missing games. Now, look, I've never denied he's got mad game, mad hops, the whole deal, great handle, great player, creative, all the rest, can do it all. But have you ever seen anyone miss more time and games than this guy? I mean, honestly. So anyway, 844-843-6879 is the number. And I just want to thank uh, all of our radio affiliates for joining us tonight uh, across the country on the terrestrial side, sports map side, byline side. Mightier 1090 in San Diego, and all of Southern California, yeah, yeah, and Lipstick City, la, 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 Lipstick City. And then, uh, of course, we welcome in, in the biggest way possible, Sirius Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio, our new channel on Sirius XM. Badass style. It's great to be back on satellite after, as you know, all my years on the Howard Stern channels, Howard 101. So anybody that's uh, here from that, uh, we dig it, that you're jumping on board. The number's right there. If you're watching on the YouTube, if you go to YouTube and search SportsGrid Radio, you can watch the show on the tube, on the phone, on you know, your devices, iPads, whatever. It's all there on YouTube. Just search SportsGrid Radio and you're styling. So I think I got that all down pat, right, Carver High? Right, so they can watch it, they can listen to it, we're on everything now, terrestrial, hundreds of stations, and then uh, we're on all over the southern hemisphere with satellite radio. I always used to tell you that I'd go to the Caribbean a lot, and I'd be laying on uh, the Orient Beach in in Saint-Martin, and I could hear uh howard doing the show in the morning and it was just the greatest thing ever i'm laying at the beaches, naked chicks everywhere walking up and down having drinks and i'm listening to serious uh crystal clear like i was standing next door to it in midtown manhattan on 49th smoking a fatty across the street in the park like we used to next to city laughter check it we used to have parties over there uh carver High. you would have loved it free food and then we had uh porn stars eating free food with us you know lobster and everything we'd be over there with porn stars with bibs on eating lobster just dunking it in butter and then like you know in between lobsters and everything we'd be out in the park just like a park right next door to the restaurant we would be out there and it'd be spark city it'd be like fattyville we had it all going it was awesome So anyway, if you're watching on the uh, YouTube channel, you can see the number actually. Now, if you've never heard of that number and you're tripping, because you're like, 844, I'm not paying for that. It's toll free, idiot face. Just pick it up, dial and dance. For all on the bench, again, it's toll free 844 843 6879 to get on the bench. Uh, and uh, good to have you with us. So, I was watching tonight and I I hit the bet you know, today on Coast to Coast. Uh, if you remember Carver High, I was riding a a lot of uh games in college basketball, right? Like, I had just massive amounts of action. And the big game I thought that everybody was interested in was Wisconsin and Indiana, right? So, uh, I had Indiana on the spread at a uh, seven and a hook and they lost in double overtime by seven, I believe 80 to 73. Right. So I'm watching this game. And I got to tell you, I mean, the language coming out of my mouth was just absolutely uh, deplorable. It was so bad. I was cussing and losing my mind because I don't know, I have to think clearly because there were a couple of points in the game when Indiana could have won the game. So at the end of regulation, they got a look from three feet out, and the kid missed it. And then listen to this. They got literally a three-footer, like a mini hook, right? Because they had the big going all night. He had it all going as usual, uh, you know, in the middle. Your boy uh, Jackson uh, Davis, Trace uh, Jackson Davis is their big uh, stud 6 250 guy's a monster right so in the in the game he's he still had a big game he was 10 to 16 from the floor he had 23 but um he had a look from right out right at the front unless I'm mistaken and, and all I know is is that they he missed it came off the iron and then they had two tip in putbacks like two just automatic you know bounce and pop like just get your hand on it try to tip it back in both of them Clank off the back of the rim and and don't go in. So it was like, miss to win, tip to win, tip again to win, and all three missed. And I'm just sitting there going, like, you got to be Pharrell and kidding me. Then uh, they go through the entire first overtime. And Indiana with, uh, listen to this, Indiana with uh, 10 seconds left gets the last look. They go down. uh, They go to get a shot. They give it to him. Uh, on the wing, he's like on uh, on the wing near the corner, and he and he handles the ball like he's gonna turn, spin, dribble, and then pop right. But instead, they uh, freeze him and get the jump ball. And Wisconsin gets the ball. They throw it inbounds with one point, like seven left. Kid, uh, the guard uh, takes the ball on a wing, throws up a prayer, and this thing rolls around, hits the backboard, rolls around again, and rolls off. They go to double overtime, and then uh, Wisconsin starts hitting shots, and Indiana can't hit uh, the, the, you know, broadside of the barn, and Wisconsin beats them again by seven. Now, I had seven on the hook. I covered a bet both ways, per usual. But here's the deal, that I, I just have to say it, honestly. Um I don't know about anybody else, but, I, you know, Davidson's the kid that missed the runner to win it for Wisconsin at the end of the uh, first overtime, right? So then in the second overtime, they hit all these shots. Uh, Wall hit a a, a three. And, you know, uh, I think uh, Ford hit a three. And I think uh, this guy Tice hit a hit a Trice hit a couple of shots. He hit a three, and then hit a couple of little you know uh, shots in the in the box in the paint. And and he he literally you know went off for him. He had 21. He led Wisconsin with 21. Now Indiana has not won in Madison since 1998, right? I'm watching this game, and I'm watching this guy Archie Miller, and I'm I'm done with this guy. He sucks. I am so done with this guy Carver High, like. You know, uh, I I tell a joke uh, to my son, uh, Gunner, tonight. He's watching a game with me. He's like, man, they can't hit a shot. Like, they have no one that can shoot the rock. And uh, he said, what's happening in this game? I go, oh, don't worry. Don't lose. Archie millers he's doing a great job building the program. They should be ready by 2038. Don't worry. He's a great recruiter. Don't, don't worry about Archie. He's a great recruiter. But listen. You he needs to go days. back to Dayton back is what Dayton. he needs I to do. I was just going to say that. Send Archie back to Dayton. Enough of him. Send him, him back. To, send him to the end of the line. Lick it. I got to tell you, because uh, he has done nothing in Bloomington. And, and let me tell you something else. Tom Crean was better. And they hated Tom Crean. But at least he won. At least he went to the tournament. least he went to the Sweet 16. I mean, this guy, uh, Archie Miller, he can't even get him in the tournament. And all they do is lose. And, and, I mean, they got nobody. Now, listen, I mean to tell you, I was so livid. Here's why I was so livid. Now, I have a, you know, here's the thing. You know I play tons of ball, right? So here here I am. And uh, here's the bottom line. So they got this kid, Anthony Leal. He was Mr. Basketball in... Indiana, and he played at Bloomington South High School, right? And so they give the guy 35 minutes of burn, right? He hits three threes in the game, and he shoots only six shots in the game, hits half of them, all threes, (laughs) and they never – I mean, this guy, he could have been Casper the Friendly Ghost, He was invisible. They would not pass him the ball. The guy was standing alone, all alone. They never guarded him. Wisconsin just left him standing there all alone in the corner and on the wing. And they just leave him alone. Now, I get it. He's a freshman. uh, And so he doesn't get any respect from, obviously, his own teammates. And he gets no respect at all from uh, his opponents. So Wisconsin was giving him six feet of like space, there was absolutely no one on him. Six feet, Christ! You give me two feet, I'm sticking threes in your face, and and Carver High knows I'm not lying. I will jack threes and stick them right in your face. NBA range. You give me two feet, forget about it. You give me six feet, I'll sleep with your girlfriend. So here's the deal: they literally wouldn't pass this kid the ball, but. <laughs> Every time they did, in 35 minutes, he hit a three. And meanwhile, they got no one else that can shoot. No one else that can shoot. So here I am watching uh, this this just porous shooting team. Uh, Like Phenasy, 4 of 10, bricklayer. Durham, 6 of 12, bricklayer. Thompson had four fouls. He was 2 of 5. He's their best player besides uh, Trace. Jackson, and they he was in foul trouble, so they had to sit his ass down. Now, the reason I I would give him the ball is, A, he can shoot, and, B, he's hitting shots. He hit 50% of them from three. And, C, I guess they just don't give a rat's ass that he was Mr. Basketball. Now, they have three Mr. Basketballs on that team. Now, I know that may not mean something to people that like, you know, Mr. Kentucky, Mr. Ohio, Mr. Mr. Indiana. I'm telling you, Mr. Basketball in Indiana is badass, right? That's when you're the best player of all basketball players in the whole state. You're the best player. And I don't care what anybody says. When you score 35 a clip in high school and you're Mr. Basketball and you can shoot 50% from downtown, I don't care if you're a freshman or a senior. I am and if you're not being guarded and you got six feet of space between you and the defender to shoot, and you're a pure scoring shooter, and no one's going to guard you. And you have a coach that is so stupid that he lets him play for 35 minutes, but he doesn't tell his, his players to give him the ball. He's the only guy on the G-damn floor to hit a shot, and you don't give him the ball. You deserve to not only lose in double overtime, you deserve to be fired. I don't understand how it is that all I do is watch Indiana basketball suck year after year, season after season, game after game, and it's this crappy-ass little tiny wussy coach they got, Archie Miller, you suck. At least your brother knows how to cheat, you phantom. Carver, how did that, like, in terms of, you know, covering my feelings toward, like, I'm done with the ship has sailed on Archie Miller for me. When he got the gig, I'm like, this is going to be good. Let's go. And then now I am just done watching this guy cry to the refs when he doesn't, like, coach. I don't even know what he's doing. He's a great recruiter. My ass, he's a great recruiter. I mean, if you have that much talent, you got to get the right guys on the floor, give them the rock, and win some games. They haven't won in Madison since before Christ. All right, for all on the bench, our boy Joe Lisi of uh, college football today. And he's such a badass that we don't even care what he's on. He just needs to be on the bench uh, regularly. So we always have Joe on as often as possible. Like, I think Thursday night's his uh, grab bag night. What up, Joe? Happy New Year. I haven't talked to you since uh, before uh, Christmas, I think it was, and we'll get into the college bowl games later, but I gotta tell you, I made just an absolute crap load of money on college football bowl games. Now, there's games I definitely lost, but I want to go through a lot of them with you and see how you did, because I haven't talked to you, but uh, anyway,
2: H-N-Y, bro, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, brother. Congratulations, SiriusXM Thursday night. Wouldn't miss it for the world, Scotty, so amped up for the college uh, game on Monday night and obviously NFL playoffs this coming weekend.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I just got done uh, just having a conniption about Archie Miller and watching uh, Indiana lose in double overtime tonight in Madison. I hit the bat both ways. I had, I had Wisconsin to win, and I had Indiana seven and a hook. They lost by seven. Uh, nice cover by the hook, but uh, my point was is just – how they never get better at all with this guy. I, I've given him every chance in the world. Year after year, all they do is lose big games. They never win any games that matter, ever. Not, a, I mean, a big game, that's why they don't get in the tournament. They don't win big games. They win games that don't matter. Uh, that team hasn't won since 98 in Madison. That's not his fault. But I've just uh, been talking to Carver High about it. I'm about done watching this guy be average. Like, Literally, Tom Crean was better. I mean, he made sweet 16s, and, and he made tournaments, and all he did was get you know ridden out of town on a rail by the fans in Bloomington. Meanwhile, they love this guy Miller from uh, Dayton, and I just said on the air, his brother's way better at coaching because he's also better at cheating.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> well that's, that's right. I agree with you. I thought Crean was better, Scotty, in terms of that, and it's becoming where Indiana's becoming more of a football school at this point, after tonight's loss, seven and five overall, two and three in the conference, than a basketball school. And who would have thought that about ten years ago, right? But Tom Allen getting the crew back to a ball game, almost pulled out the victory against Ole Miss, and then the way you lose tonight—I mean, you had an opportunity, many opportunities to pull this game out, and couldn't get it done. But it's unfortunate, Wisconsin. When you play defense, you're going to win ball games, and you know the Badgers—they put up eighty tonight and got it done. And uh, Indiana got the cover though.
0: Did you did you watch the game how many chances they had? And and I guess my question is, did you see Anthony Leo, how the former, you know, Mr. Basketball in Indiana at Bloomington South? He hit three of six from downtown, and every time he hit a shot from deep, they were like, Oh my God, look at this freshman. And, and then his teammates never, literally never, gave him the ball. The guy was standing all alone, six foot the defender, between him and the defender the whole game for thirty-five minutes, and they wouldn't give him the ball. Meanwhile, the guy drained Three threes from downtown, and they never give him the ball. And all they did was keep taking crappy shots and missing. And it was just. And at the end of the first uh, regulation, the double tip back to win the game, brick brick. And then at the end of the first overtime, uh, had a chance for with ten seconds left, give a jump ball possession, and then give up a shot that almost fell for Wisconsin. I mean, like they can't get out of their own and way, Joe.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have to finish, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing, Scotty. You have to be able to finish, especially in a conference game. And, and if you can't finish, you're not going to win ball games, especially on the road. But you mentioned uh, Leo tonight, nine points. He was three or six on the floor. So, again, I, you know, it comes down to an experienced type of team. They're still young. They're still inexperienced. And, you know, as the season progresses, you hope that they find continuity. But we saw it with college football in terms of the season. Some of these teams are just walking through the motions, and even though they're playing conference games, it doesn't matter.
0: All right, so let's go to the uh, the college football and everything. Like, uh, I don't want to, like, spend any time on all these games kind of that, that don't matter, and I, I just kind of am going back to, like, uh, some of them. The, the one that I like to start getting hot on was right after Christmas when I bet on Liberty to beat Coastal Carolina and ruin their perfect season. I bet on Liberty to win that game outright, and they beat them in overtime, 37-34. That was a great game. That game was as good, if not better, than the BYU game when BYU went there to take them on, and they were able to win that game miraculously at the end. How did you do in that bowl game? Do you remember?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't play that game. That wasn't one of my better picks. You know, I thought Coastal Carolina would win. I didn't play it at all. I think that was the same night that another game played. I believe it was West Virginia and Army. I was heavily involved in that game, but I did watch it. I mean, it came to play, and, you know, you looked at Coastal Carolina. They lived dangerously the week before against Troy. Didn't have the opportunity to play UL Lafayette. And again, when you force turnovers like Liberty did, and you were able to move the football and score first and put the pressure on Grayson call to match that offense, they couldn't do it. And it was just a gutty win. That's what Hugh Freeze and the crew did all season long. And they knocked off ACC competition. So this was in a team that was battle-tested along the way and thought they can go toe-to-toe with the Chanticleers, and they did.
0: Yeah, I, the Army game, I covered that game as well. I had West Virginia to win, and Army gave them all they could handle uh, in that Liberty Bowl. Uh, I lost that uh, because I didn't know going in. I do my bets, you know, before right when the ball uh, spreads come out, at the very beginning mm-hmm. is when I pick these games. So I got burned on that Trask. had no receivers in the Florida game. They were all out, and Oklahoma ran them out of that uh, Cotton Bowl. That was embarrassing, 55-20. I got that uh, served up to me. But on the the game that I loved uh, was that last-second win uh, comeback, to be honest with you. I know you saw it, what Georgia did to get back into that game and steal that game and ruin Cincinnati's perfect season. That was a crazy game, that peach ball in Atlanta at the end of that game. And I hit Georgia to win that game.
2: It was, and, you know, I, ha- I thought I had a good line to start the game. I had Georgia minus 6.5, but when they fell behind 21 to 10, I actually got them at plus 9.5 and, and took on the money line once they cut the deficit to 21-16. So they actually wound up covering a 2.5 in-game number. And credit Georgia. I mean, when they came to play in the fourth quarter, they made Desmond Ritter one-dimensional. They shut down the offensive line. They put them into long third-down situations and forced turnovers. And again, I thought Georgia would come to play. It took them a while, but in the fourth quarter, they just dominated. You have to keep an eye out for JT Daniels and the Bulldogs for 2021. A lot of young talent, especially at the wide receiver position, with those playmakers like George Pickens, Jackson, and Burton. They're going to be a dominant team, I believe, in 2021 in the East. I thought they got I thought Daniels got roughed up in that game by Cincinnati.
0: I thought the Bearcats played a great game and they got uh burned on the uh, the long field goal I think at the end of the game. So uh, I think the kid kicked like a 51 something yard field goal, maybe 57. even longer, 52 yards. 57 was 57 that what it was? yard. 57 yard. Yeah. That was crazy. I I hit Northwestern over Auburn. And I hit the Notre Dame backdoor cover against Alabama with Alabama (laughs) winning and Notre Dame cover in the nineteen and a half. But I got I got burned at the stake on Ohio State Clemson. I had Clemson in that game. I got burned on Ole Miss beating my Hoosiers. And I did hit Iowa State. And I hit A and M. But now, with Ohio State playing, like, how did you do in those two semifinal games? Uh, did you have Notre Dame with the number and get that back backdoor cover? Because they got their ass beat. I thought they looked terrible. They're so soft, the Irish in these big games.
2: Yes, I did have Notre Dame, lost Clemson, had the over in the Clemson game. But I, I told this to Carver. Who's the guy that talked Brian Kelly out of punting on fourth down with 337 left and down 24 points? Because that guy needs a drink. I'll tell you what, you're down by 24 points in a semifinal playoff game and Brian Kelly screaming out to the team to punt. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, unbelievable. I mean, I thought Notre Dame played. Did you see that? He's screaming, punt, punt, punt. They come out of the commercial break and then the Ian Book. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, give me a break. What's the difference between down 24, down 31 at that point? A loss is a loss, but kudos to that guy. I think it was Ian Book, but he deserves a drink on the house.
0: Ian Book finished up his Irish career, and uh, now they get this guy, uh, Jack Cohn or whatever, from uh, Wisconsin. Can you yeah. believe that they got that kid? Remember he walked around in a walking boot all year and never played? And he, Is he going to play immediately in South Bend? I mean, Carver
2: High, what's the deal with him? Long Island kid. Yeah, he's a yeah. Long Island guy. He should be able to play. Well, I thought They're Carver gonna High gonna play, was going to jump they, in because...
0: They might he, he might play. He's like kind of a stopgap. They have the kid from California that was a freshman that just came in. They want to play him, but he might not be ready yet. So Cone might get a chance for one year. Yeah, I mean, that kid's not going there. Listen, Joe, that kid's not going there for his health. I guarantee you that Kelly said, you come here, you're playing. He's got one-year eligibility. He's going to be their quarterback.
2: Yeah, but I don't know if he's an upgrade for me and Book. I got to be honest with you. I mean, Jack Cohn is a quarterback that is definitely effective when you have a rushing attack. So as long as that offensive line is good, like it was this year, he can work off a of play action. But asking Jack Cohn to solely win games with his arm, a la Kyle Trask or Matt Jones type of player, and Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, definitely not. Don't worry,
0: I'm not worried about him being an upgrade. They'll be. Ten and zero, and then they'll go play in the playoff, and they'll lose by forty, like they always do. Who cares? Who, who cares? You know about where he's from, or if he's gonna play. They just always lose big games. That's all I know. When we come back, we'll ask uh, Joe about Ohio State Alabama Monday night. Bama's laying eight. Everybody I know's uh, on Alabama. They're just not having it. I've been praying to the gods for the sermon to come out. The priest, I need him to bless this kid's sermon, see if he can have another big game and stun the tide. I'd love to see Ohio State beat him. We're talking to Joe Lisi on the bench. be back on uh serious after all these years uh i was you know with howard for uh eight years whatever from the beginning in uh 06 and then i went back to uh cbs after eight years and then i i did eight years there and then i left for sports grid because uh bottom line is uh they were so sensitive about uh sports betting and gambling and the you know, talk of all these spreads and money lines and teasers and everything that I was always doing and, and, you know, talking about my picks. They got all worked up about my picks, so they had lawyers in my us and I just said, screw this. And then when the Sports Betting Network started, I was like, this is Gandhi. I got to do this. So I came over here, and now, how funny is that, that I'm finally back on Sirius all over the Southern Hemisphere, and mostly for my, you know, rocks-off experience. I got to be on in New York and Jersey. That's where I live, And uh, to not be on for like 10 years here after I left Howard, uh, it just sucked so bad. I wanted to kill myself. So being back on Sirius is just, it's just sex for me. And uh, that's the really only way to describe it. So it's great being on. Today was our first day on. We launched today. In fact, last night, overnight, I was listening to politicians arguing on CNN at like, uh, literally at 3.30 in the morning, and, and I heard them screaming and fighting, and then I woke up, like, they woke me up, these two chicks fighting. It was like a black chick and a white chick going at it, and they were screaming and yelling, and I, I woke up. I was like, shut up, and then I went, oh, look, I can listen to the launch on Sirius. Last night at 3 a.m. East, 12 Pacific, midnight, Billy Idol Hour Love Out West in Vegas and Lipstick City, L.A., uh, they had our Coast to Coast show on, from yesterday, so that was the very first show that launched on the network, and then today, you know, in the morning when uh, opposite picks went on, and then uh, early line morning after they all came on, and we rolled out and launched, and it was just you know all day long from that point forward. But it started last night, overnight, 3 a.m. east, and I heard it, and it just was fantastic for me. I was sitting up 3:30 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning, listening to it, and I was just so happy. And then today at 4 to 6 with Coast to Coast, I was on, and now we're on the bench live two different shows every day Monday through Friday you can check me out it's good to have you with us on the satellite on 204 our channel sports grid radio network so I hope you're digging it and we still love everybody on the sports map side byline side mightier 1090 in San Diego and LA we love you don't freak out because we're on satellite and of course we're going to talk about it because it's brand new and uh, who wouldn't it'd be like talking about a smoke show hottie that you snagged you got a new hottie you start talking about her she's all shiny and new check out a all right, Joe Lisi, college football. Today's the coolest <laughs> dude at the network. Hey, Joe, break it down for me. Ohio State and Alabama. I, now, I just have to say real quick, I hate both that are guts dead. I mean, there's no two teams I hate more in, in sports than Ohio State and Alabama. I got to be honest with you, I can't stand either one of them. I wish ill will on all of them. They're fans, they're players, everything. I have never liked either one of them. I can't even tell you. I'm a Kane fan and a Notre Dame fan. And, um, like Harbor High, and I just can't stand them. So, like, watching a game, I'll watch a great game. I'll watch the national championship. I'm
2: not going to lie, but I I hope they both lose. (laughs) Well, it should be a great game, Scotty, right? I mean, when you look at this matchup overall, I mean, the one thing that stands out for me is the ability for Ohio State to run the football. First three games of the year, they only average about 208 yards per game. They got it up over 300 the last four games of the season, 320. Per game. If they rush for 254 the way they did against Clemson last week, I think they have a shot to win this ballgame. I mean, they're catching positive points, plus eight and a half. Now, I think that they actually win the game, but I didn't like the under here. The under is exactly, you look back at 2014 when Ohio State and Zeke Elliott played Oregon, same total, 74 and a half. They ran the football, kept Oregon's offense on the sidelines. I think it's Ohio State and the under in this ballgame.
0: Wow, so, uh, you know, I couldn't agree with you more about Sermon and their uh, running the ball. I've never seen anything like this guy's games, like against Northwestern and against Clemson. He just absolutely put on a show, and he knew this kid was like, look, I am a grown man. These are kids that I'm running over. Uh, He looked so much stronger and bigger than every kid on the field. I don't care if it's uh, Clemson. I don't care if it's uh, Northwestern. He was just mauling people, stepping on people, shoving people out of the way. He looked like, you know, Derrick Henry in the NFL. That guy is writing his ticket to the NFL as sure as I'm sitting here. He's a monster, and you think that they're going to try to run the ball down Nick Saban's throat.
2: Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at uh, Ohio State's ability to run the football. I think they have to run the football. I think if you're expecting Justin Fields, again, to duplicate the six-touchdown performance against Alabama's defense, I don't think it's going to happen. Now, I think if they open it up early with play action, uh, then that'll open up a rushing attack for Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon's added about 15 to 20 pounds of muscle from a couple of years ago when he was with Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley. He's a north and south type of runner. The way you have to neutralize Matt Jones is you have to sustain drives, ball control, type of attacks, eight, nine minutes off the clock, at least five minutes. And the one thing I think that Ohio State has is the physicality on the offensive line. They pushed around Clemson. That was a Clemson defense only allowing 99 rushing yards per game. And when you look at Alabama's offense, first in FBS in terms of third down conversions 59% on third down conversions you're not going to go into a shootout I don't think they can win that type of game I think they have to run the football and keep Mac Jones on the sidelines especially with Waddle back in that lineup I think they can do it though
0: wow all right so you're you're actually gonna take Ohio State to win this game outright and taking those points any under
2: yeah I'm taking the under, yeah. I'm taking the points with Ohio State, taking the under. I'm also sprinkling a little on the money line with Ohio State. I think they have the type of recipe to win this matchup. You have to be able to run the football on Nick Saban. You have to do it. And that's what, you look at Ole Miss earlier on in that year, they were giving up Alabama around 138 rushing yards per game, 54 percent on third-down conversions, teams haven't challenged them vertically. You cannot throw into the short intermediate flat against Alabama. Bubble screens won't work. That goes right into the strength and speed of their defense. You need right. to attack them straight on, and that's what Ohio State possesses. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, they're big play-wide receivers, but I think they need to be early, aggressive early on and then run the football with Trey Sermon. I think they can do it, though. Sustained drives. All right. All right, so,
0: uh, you know, the reason I hate Ohio State so much is that I'll never forget that Porter call against my Canes in the national championship game in 01. Uh, that made me sick to my stomach. I've, I've held a grudge ever since like an Italian woman. And, uh, and then as far as uh, Alabama goes, I just purely hate him dead uh, forever. I mean, my entire life. I'm double nickels and my entire life. They're, they're always good. This guy's, uh, you know, got eight, uh, eight, eight of the last 14 national championship games. I'm sick and tired of it. Uh, they there's, it's like no one else exists in college football. I respect what they've done. I'm not stupid. I think it's incredible what they've done. It's, Total domination of the sport. Nobody else, in my opinion, comes close to them, and they just own college football at a level even right. Daba Clemson can't get to. Here they are failing again. I know they've had success. But everybody thought Trevor's going to win the Heisman, they're going to win the national championship, all this other nonsense. They've won that title, and then everything else is Alabama, and I'm sick and tired of them. So I'm going to go with you. I'm on Ohio State. I was on Ohio State. I told my buddy today I'm on Ohio State because the sermon and that and that chunk of, of money on that on that eight spot, eight and a half, whatever you can get it at. I'm cool with that, so let's see what happens. But I can't stand either one of them. Now, Joe, let's talk about, you know what, uh, Carver High, because I'm going to get into these Saturday and Sunday NFL games literally – your boy Lisey's going to have to get a beer and a ham sandwich. There's no way I'm getting this done by the end of the hour. He's going to have to carry over like uh, another bad Indiana Archie Miller loss. I mean, he's going to have to carry it over. Not one overtime, not two overtime. He's going to have to go into hour number two with us on oh. Sirius 204. He's going to go to distance tonight. Your boy Lisey might be on here late night picking up women. I mean, That's all things happening. Or- all right, so. <laughs> Open another bottle so, of wine, Joe. Open another
2: bottle of wine. <laughs> right, hey, I, I, I be, yeah. I bet the Portman game, uh, guys, so, uh, so I'm in for the long haul. All
0: right, Bills Colts on Saturday kicks it off in Buffalo in the B-Low. Your boy Carter High, the biggest Bills fan in the world of all Bills Mafis, the commander-in-chief. He's certainly better than that tool ass loser on Pennsylvania Avenue, that communist, fascist, terrorist that we got running this country into the ground. Your boy Carver Hyde, the commander-in-chief of all Bills Mafia, and he's ready for the Bills and Colts. I think this is going to be a punch-in-the-throat slugfest. I I even think low-scoring like war. What do you think of this game?
2: Yeah, I'm taking the underdog with Indianapolis. The one thing and recipe that you need to win on the road, especially in a tough environment against a tough defense, is a rushing attack. That's what they have with Jonathan Taylor, and a battle-tested crew. I mean, they won on the road earlier in the year against Chicago, 19-11. They won against Tennessee on the road, won that ball game in dominating fashion, double digits, and followed that up with a quality victory against Las Vegas at the end of the year. So, I'm going with the team. You're giving me six and a half points. I don't like Phillip Rivers, but I'm banking on the the young kid, Jonathan Taylor, and that offensive line to carry me through. I think Buffalo wins a very close game, but I'm taking the points with Indianapolis.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. I like the middle. I like uh, the number six and a half of the Colts. Uh, but you still like the Bills to win, so I was gonna say I could sense Carver High was going to the kitchen to get the butcher knife out to end your relationship. <laughs> he was gonna—I thought he was gonna go in there and kind of come in through the back door and give you one right in the back, in between a rib cage and a muscle, and just shaft it right into you. But then when you said you still thought the Bills would eke it out, he he slid it back behind his back pocket and down his leg into his sock, and he didn't end up uh, murdering you. I thought he was gonna murder. You go. it's unbelievable.
2: So <laughs> it's all right. I'm used, do to I used to it. I I think the Bills have the type of defense and I love the way Josh Allen is playing. Believe it or not, I think they can challenge Kansas City as long as they stay focused. They get through this game. I think they'll build momentum. Two solid running backs and Singletary and Moss. I love their secondary. They're physical and they can score points at will when they get involved in the game. Right. I mean, they're just focused beat Seattle, that Seattle game I think was really telling for me in terms of the way they pushed around that offense and defense line and really contained Russell Wilson. From that point on, I've been a believer of the Bills. So I think if they win this game, they can challenge Pat Mahomes uh, for the division title. So we'll see how it plays out. So,
0: Carver, hi. Have you said to anyone like that will listen, including Ray Lewis, uh, your daughter Olivia, anyone at all, has anyone got your ear that you believe that your uh, bills are going to go to the AFC championship game? Listen, I've got people telling me that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I don't want to hear it right now. I want to get through Saturday. Talk to me about Saturday 430, and let's see where we're at. I'm taking this one week at a time. That's it. I hate everybody's on the Bills. They can challenge Kansas City. They can go to the Super Bowl one week at a time. I haven't listen, I haven't seen him win a playoff game since I was fifteen years old, nineteen ninety-five. I am not jumping to any conclusions here. So if they lose to the Colts, will you have to seek professional help or will you just drink uh like a keg of Bud Light? Professional help. One thousand. I think he just said 100,000, not even a 1, 1,000. 100,000%. Uh, he's going to need a shrink and a lover. All right, when we come back, we'll get into the Seahawks, Rams, Bucks, and Washington with Joe Lisi. Joe, looks like they're going to give Harbaugh a new five-year extension in Ann Arbor with a low buyout, according to reports tonight. What do you think of that?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, is he going to change it around next year? I don't think so. I I mean, I'd be shocked if they contend for a Big Ten title the way they laid in this this year. Unbelievable. But we'll see. The low buyout gives him the opportunity, if things aren't going his way, to just jump ship to the NFL next year. Now, I don't know if anybody will want him, but we'll see what happens in 2021 for Jim Harbaugh.
0: All right, Seattle and the Rams, that second game on Saturday. And uh, tonight, Goff is saying, hey, I'm good to go. If they if they need me to play, I'm ready to play. Uh, what do you think? Uh, obviously, they're going to play Goff, aren't they? And then uh, how do you think he'll do? And I think that defense is so good with Donald and Ramsey and company, and they got more than that that I just have a feeling they're going to be in that game. They have messed with uh, Russell Wilson this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, this is one game I really don't like, but I would lean to Seattle here. I, I can't call against Russell Wilson at home. I will say I love the total. 42, 42-and-a-half. 42 I don't like the way both teams are playing down the stretch right now, so I think in terms of this wild card game, you'll see both offenses opening up to establish some type of consistency so 42 to me is a cheap number. So I lean to Seattle, but really like the over in this matchup, Scotty.
0: Really? So you don't uh, respect that, that Rams
2: defense? I do, but at times, I, you know, especially against the run, they don't show up sometimes. And, I, I, you know, you look at that game against New England, I understand they shut them down and made them one-dimensional. But I think Seattle's going to challenge them over the top. He, they're going to challenge Ramsey. That'll open up rushing lanes for those running backs.
0: All right, we'll come back and talk about Brady against Washington and then the three games on Sunday with Joe Lisi. See who he's going to bet on in these games. We've got a lot of action going on Saturday and Sunday with the Wild Cards is throwing a bench.
2: Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital360.